Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Amen. While you were still in the womb, I knew you. Jeremiah called himself a boy and used that as a reason for not listening fully what God was trying to tell him and to do what the Lord had called him to do. The Hebrew word for boy is not the same as Jeremiah will use it later. It is a little bit ambiguous in the Hebrew word, and it can't be limited just to that idea of describing a pre-adolescent. It probably refers to more like, I'm afraid because I'm inexperienced. I don't have the knowledge. And that is often the reason that we do not hear or do what the Lord calls us to do. We're unfamiliar with this idea that God calls us and knows us from the very beginning. God informed Jeremiah that he had been consecrated and appointed him before his birth. And Jeremiah first shrank with a sense of inadequacy and of fear of this understanding that he was inexperienced. And that is also what happens to most of all when we hear that word that we are being called to go do something. And that's a very churchy word. It's, uh, an, but let me kind of put it in a different format for us, in a different context to help us understand perhaps how we can better embrace that word calling. The season of the epiphany is not only about Jesus being manifested into the world and that his calling becomes more and more sure to himself. He begins to understand more and more what he's being called to do, but it is also an invitation for us to understand our calling and to go into the world and do likewise. And we are also intimidated like Jeremiah that we don't understand necessarily what that's all about that we shrink because of our inexperience or that we're fearful, perhaps even by the idea that God calls each one of us. But we have to understand that understand of calling when we understand that God has known us from our very womb. And I want to, I don't normally do this, but I want to dedicate this sermon to my mother, who other in your world knows you better from the womb than your own mom. She was the one that first initiated this idea of calling in my own life, um, interesting enough, as a priest, as a chaplain. I received a calling, as it were, to become a Christian at a Boy Scout campery at Lake Frederick at West Point, New York, at the United States Military Academy, at a Boy Scout campery. And the chaplain, I was um, being um, initiated in something called the Order of the Arrow, and part of the, the initiation is to be quiet. And if you knew me, I don't like to be quiet at all. And so I was forced into this quiet time, and I went to this chapel service around the lake, 
And it was the, um, the story of Jesus and the feeding of the 5,000, particularly that one version where he calls the lad to give what he can. And I can remember saying to myself, that's me. I don't know what that's all about, but that's me. I want to do something. Later that week, I'm standing with my mom at the West Point Commissary, and we watched an Army chaplain go by. He wasn't wearing a collar. He was in a uniform. He had the captain's bars, but he had a little cross on his lapel. And my mother said to, her, to, said to me in a very broken English, said, uh, that's what you're going to be. And I said, an Army soldier? Being an Army brat, what else would you consider? And she said, no you're going to be a chaplain. And I put it away, I had no idea what she meant by that. And later it would be revealed. So mom, thank you for that articulation. There was a young man, and he was a farmer and the son of a farmer. And he went to his favorite place, which was on a hill underneath an oak tree, overlooking the farm, the family farm. And he was sitting there below that tree, and he wondered what he was going to do with his life. He was a little bit discontented about being a farmer and a farmer's son, and over the clear blue sky, these clouds began to appear, and they began to form letters, P.C. Preach Christ. That's what I'm supposed to do. So he went and told his parents and got his allowance and his inheritance, and he bought an RV and took to the road and decided that he was going to preach Christ at all over the world, wherever he could find himself, and that's what, exactly what he did. The only problem was he, every time he would gather and do that, there would be no congregation and no audience. And he finally just gave up and said, well, you know, maybe that's not what it's all about. But I'm pretty sure I saw the PC, and it had to mean preach Christ. So he found himself back at home, a failure, lost. He went back up to that favorite spot of his, sat underneath that same tree, and he put his hands in the sky and said, Why, God? I understood clearly, PC, preach Christ. And it was that moment of silence. Then he heard the voice of God, plant corn. <laughs> the young man was not mistaken. I love this little story because you can go off in different directions. He was not mistaken. He just misunderstood. You see, he was a farmer and the son of a farmer. And God often calls us to be where we are and to be the best of what God has called us to be at that place. Early in my ministry, I was a youth pastor, and I was always dealing with young persons as they were trying to figure out what they were going to do with the rest of their life. And there was a young man attending a local university. He was home on break, and he was a business major. 
And he came to me and he said that he believed that God wanted him to be a priest. And I didn't discern that call in his life. And I knew that he was a devout young man, that he went to Bible study, he went to church, he had a deep, deep love for Jesus. And I finally just shared with him that I didn't believe that's what God was calling him to do, but rather to continue to do what he was being called to do, and that was to be the best student as he could be possibly, and then live into his major. And then I suggested a scenario to him. Many years from now, when you have your own business and you have many employees and you find yourself walking down the hall one day in your office complex and you look over to one of your most productive, well, previously most productive young men in your organization and you knew that something was not quite right and you looked in the office and sure enough, the man had turned himself away, looking at the window, head down, shoulders rolled forward, and you knew that there was something broken in this person's life. And instead of going in and berating him or bringing him up with his wrongs, you go down and you sit with him and you listen to his story and you find the source of the brokenness and the hurt. And you look at him and you say, it's time to go spend more time with your family. Not only take this day off, but take the rest of the week off. And then I said, you could do that. As a priest, I can't. God calls us from the very beginning. He calls us into being and to doing those things that he calls us to do, to plant corn if we're a farmer, to be the loving presence of God wherever you are, and to share that love in whatever you're doing. Once in my ministry, I was invited to come back and do a, few, uh, to, do a wedding of a good friend, his daughter. And I was looking forward to this event. And we sat down after the rehearsal dinner and he informed me that the daughter was pregnant and did I matter to me. My first thing I thought was, well, this is a heck of a time to tell me. But I said, oh, no. I said, uh, I love the Gospel of John, I told him, don't you? And he said, sure I do. And I said, well, you know, the reason why I love John is because he always gets it right, but he gets the timing all wrong according to the other synoptics. I said, so this couple is definitely in love with each other. And we know that normally the baby comes after the wedding and after the marriage. And so they got that part right. They're just getting the timing wrong. 
And he took great comfort in that. And then he shared with me something that I share with you. He said, you know, when this daughter was baptized, I made this promise to God and to her that no matter what, I would remember this moment, the day that she was baptized, and remember that God brought her into this world, and that God brought her to this font, and all out of his love for her, for me, and for the world. And so I always tell my children this, he said, God loves you, always has, always will. And so if I were to say that my calling is to share that message with you in any capacity as priest, father, brother, son, God loves you, always has, always will. From the time you were in the womb until now, God loves you, always has, and always will. Amen.